Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to Inside Supercars. This week we'll be speaking with Thomas Randall on the show coming up very soon. Tony Whitlock is on the mend, which is great news. He'll be rejoining us very shortly. Well, on the news front, Supercars has released its schedule for the Bet Easy Darwin Triple Crown. It's a Supercars only event on Saturday, August 8th. It'll run a similar format to the first SMP, with rookie practice only, then practice one and practice two for all carts. Then qualifying part one for race 13, part two, and a top 15 shootout to set the uh, front of the grid for the 13th race of the championship over 38 laps. On Sunday, two qualifying sessions early on in the day, then it's two more. 38 lap races. Supercars looking at the uh, comments from everyone over the tyre rule has brought in a uh, tweak to the conditions of racing. All cars will have to use the hard compound tyres throughout the three tiers of that shootout session. So that will be interesting to see if having a more even tyre there for everyone will make the qualifying a bit more even across the board. Now, Mark Fogarty has reported in auto action that Tim Edwards is saying that keeping the Melbourne teams on the road is going to rack up a bill of around $1.1 million. That is for Tickford, Erebus Motorsport, Walkinshaw Andretti United, Team 18 and Kelly Racing. We've also seen this week that the Albury-based Brad Jones Racing has made the move up to Queensland to ensure there's no problems with them getting to Darwin, which is well underway for what's going to be an exciting time back-to-back weekends up in the Territory. Now there is a big push going on to also have two races at Townsville. So Supercars is working hard to see if uh, the... Townsville Council will allow the track to stay in place for an extra week and the uh, city having two back-to-back events before, at this stage, they let all the teams head back home. Now, as I said, we will be speaking to uh, Thomas Randall later in the show and he talks about some of his thoughts in and around what's going on in the Super 2 pit and also in the main game pit. Now, interesting, the Australian Financial Review last week has announced that Channel 10 won't be renewing its supercars deal. That leaves Channel 7 as the really only suitor for supercars in the uh, free-to-air television ranks. So we'll all wait with interest to see how that might pull out. But it's going to be uh, an interesting time as this television deal is coming into its final stages. It's also going to be interesting to see if Sandown will be able to go ahead as the COVID-19 numbers in Victoria are still well above what anyone in the health industry would like to see. Up next here on Inside Supercars, we'll speak with Thomas Randall.
from the dirt tracks across Australia. Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Well, it's great to have Caden Brown. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, thank you very much. I'm glad to be on the show with you guys. Max Frick, great way to start 2020, picking up your second consecutive Australian Solo Championship. Yeah, it's been a great start to the year. Matt Pascoe. Thanks for having me. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify, and the dirttrackchannel.com. Thomas Randall is, after fleeing Victoria, now fleeing New South Wales to head up to Queensland. And, Thomas, congratulations. A great win there at Sydney Motorsport Park two weeks ago. Thank you very much, Craig. And, uh, yeah, I'm just constantly on the run at the moment. So uh, hopefully I can yeah, get across the border. But uh, I've got all, all the stuff I need. And uh, I've got the trophy with me as well. So if they want the support group, I'll just... I'll just go on that if I Now, part of the reason you're staying away, even though there's no Super 2 races now until Sandown, if Sandown goes ahead, is because you want to make sure you're not locked out of Bathurst. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a, a fluid situation, as we all know. And I mean, the, the, the gap from now to Bathurst is, is shorter than the gap from where we are now, where we were back when this pandemic sort of started in March. I mean, things haven't really improved in Victoria. Everything that's really gotten worse. So, uh, I mean, the, the border yeah, is shut between Victoria and New South Wales. And it wasn't shut back in March, but it is now. And there's really been no indication of when they're going to reopen the border. So, I mean, all the all the Victorian-based supercar teams are now up in Queensland. I believe Brad Jones is also relocated to Queensland, even though they're in New South Wales. But, yeah, I just want to make sure that I've got that opportunity at Bathurst. If Bathurst is still on the same date, which I believe it will be, but, I mean, at the moment, I think everyone's just looking at the next event, and then after they get that out of the way, then it'll be the next event after that. So, if I go into Queensland, it just leaves those options open. And, I mean, if I go back to Victoria... I can't work too much, and it's just that fear that I may not get out again. What did you? What would you do? Would you make the decision to perhaps travel with Brad's team to Darwin, or is that not possible? Well, I mean, at the moment, there's probably no uh, need for me in Darwin. I mean, I probably will ask Brad if he needs an extra pair of hands. But as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm not sure that they might still have rules in place and, you know, how many staff that, that can be allowed for two-card teams. So, so I'll put the offer out there if he needs an extra hand, but, I mean, uh, yeah, he, he probably won't won't need an extra hand, but just being up in Queensland, like I said, just leaves leave everything open and makes life a little bit more flexible. And Brad, Brad's aware of my intentions of moving up north, and he sort of said to me, look, if you can stay out of Victoria, then probably the right thing to do, so... Um, I'm going to be staying with one of my old teammates, family, uh, David and Adam, uh, Liam. Adam used to drive for our team during motorsport back in Formula Ford days, so got a great relationship with them, and they've been kind enough to let me stay up with there. So, yeah, I can still do my university studies and train. I've got my bike with me, and yeah, even even if it wasn't during a COVID pandemic, I think. Probably want to be in Queensland in the in the winter. You know, Melbourne winter is not very not very appealing. 
I'm just mindful of the fact that you're a racing driver. You've got a, a helmet, driving suit and boots that might be uh, dried out now from your Canberra six-hour adventure last weekend. And if you're in Darwin and someone, you know, not, bewish- not wishing anyone ill fortune, but someone comes down with the – the flu breaks a leg on a motorbike or a push bike accident. A driver in Darwin is probably going to be a rare commodity and could pick up a a couple of uh, extra races. Well, that's exactly right. That's also been playing on my mind. Just, just never know, really. I mean, if, if a driver might have to come back to Melbourne for, for a family issue or something, I mean, trying to make make all the teams aware that I'll be up in Queensland because. You just never know in, in the race. You've got your, you've got your race bag and you've got yourself there. And they need someone, then hopefully they might consider the, the current Super Two Championship leader. But um, yeah, if I go, if I had gone back to Victoria, then there really would have been any potential opportunity. So hopefully I'm doing the right thing. Like I said, I'm thanks for the family, and um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to make make use of my time wisely. And like I said, if need be, I'll be more than ready to go to Darwin if I have Absolutely. We spoke before you raced at Sydney Motorsport Park and you spoke about the effort that Matty White and all his uh, crew were making to make sure you could race uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park. What has Matt said about that weekend and that experience of having to do the border run? and what might happen for the rest of the season. Is that something that's sustainable for Super 2 teams to have to repeat that a couple of more times this year? Look, uh, it's, uh, it's a big ask, absolutely. I mean, given the current border closure, I don't think teams can get out anyway. Or anyway, so, yeah, it was a, it was a tough couple of weeks for the team. And, look, it wasn't even just our team. It was really all, all Victorian-based teams that, but sort of went through that same same hard slog, you could say. But uh, I think, given the results we got on the weekend, he'd probably he'd probably go through again, go through it again if he had to, given how well the weekend went. Um, but something like that, probably a twenty grand exercise, having to go up there for an extra extra two weeks. You now you got to feed the, the crew or the Victorian based crew that came up, got to house them for two weeks. So yeah, it's not a not exactly a cheap exercise as. As I, I read an article yesterday that uh, Tim Edwards has stated it's going to cost the foreign teams over a million dollars if you average $250 per person per day. So, yeah, it's not that sustainable, but again, we don't actually know what our next round is going to be. It's, it's penciled in for Sandown. However, I think the current restrictions in Melbourne are going to be extended or more than likely extended for at least another two weeks, maybe more. Which would take you past that stand down 500 event. So I'm not getting my hopes up for stand down. I'm kind of hoping we can have a run at Bathurst and Super 2. But if we do, I believe we certainly have to default. The team would have to quarantine for two weeks. Myself, going to Queensland, probably one would have to quarantine. But yeah, we'll see what happens. It, it is another nine weeks away, I think, Bathurst. But like I said earlier, the gap now the Bathurst is smaller than where we are back to where we were in March. So it's 
really hard to say. I mean, it keeps changing. And uh, I haven't seen the latest numbers from Melbourne haven't come out, but 532 cases on Sunday. Wasn't wasn't too spectacular, so um, I'd say you've got to get that under control. Hopefully we can see restrictions start easing, but they're going to be, Victoria is going to be very careful on how they start easing those restrictions after, after what happened last time. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough situation for everyone. For yourself, you mentioned you can still do your studies, but you had started a business which is now on hold again. What about your other other life? How do you just pack up the rest of your non racing life and and move like this? Well, to be honest, Craig, I've done it before. Uh, when I moved to England to race. Formula 3, I really, I left about a week after signing the contract and I was there for two years. I mean, I did come back a couple of times, but you know, this is, it's not like it's unfamiliar territory for me. So, I mean, I've got so my suitcase, which has a week of worth of clothes, so I just wear those clothes and wash them and wear them again the following week. I've got my laptop with me, I've got my, my hard drive, which has pretty much all my life on it. I've got my, my push bike. So I've pretty much got everything that I need immediately and we've got internet, FaceTime, all that stuff. So I speak to my family pretty regularly and like you said with the business, I mean, it kind of wouldn't be classified as an essential service. So, um, yeah, I'm not getting any bookings at the moment, which I'm not really surprised by. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame not being back with, with family, but like I said, I can speak to them every day and I mean, there's far worse things in life than having to go up to Queensland for a month or two months. So, And look, if the restrictions do ease and supercars say to the Victorian teams they can go back, then I'll just go back as well. But I mean, I'm, I, at the moment, I can't see that happening. I, I can't see the Victorian teams going back after the council. That's what they were intending to do. But yeah, Victoria uh, extend those restrictions I mean, Sydney's still got a few active cases. They're not out of the woods either. So the last thing they're probably going to want is the opening their borders to a uh, COVID Victoria, if you like. It's uh, you. You approached the weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park with the plan to get the championship because you don't know how many more races there might be. Do you, at this point of time, foresee one or two more events, or do you think uh, you that would be a very optimistic uh, appraisal of the situation? I, don't, I, I think any more than two rounds is very optimistic. I think best case scenario, we do faster, and the finale of pitch, if that still is the finale. But the calendar, I believe, will, will, will change again. It, it just has to. I mean, Formula One's calendar has changed again. It's, it's an ever, ever uh, ongoing fluid situation. So, uh, yeah, if they can get the Victorian team or Victorian Super 2 team out of the state for that earth, whether it's with some exemptions, which I'm sure won't be easy because the, the AFL struggles. Get exemptions as well. 
uh, and they probably have more power than I assume they'd have more power than supercars. So, um, yeah, that would be best case scenario to Bathurst to the two, the two 125 kilometre races there. I believe they were aiming at this year. No, no super two mini enduro, and then whether yeah we do another round at Sydney Motorsport Park. I wouldn't be too upset about because we had some some really good speed there. But uh, yeah, look, it, it could be one more round. It could be no more rounds. So um, I'm not sure how many rounds they need to declare it a championship. But either way, we're leading, so that's probably the best position to be in, I guess. Yes, indeed. And what was I? You didn't get the results you wanted on Saturday, but what was it like running in a twilight race? like you experienced there with the track lights coming in, the sun going down at Sydney Motorsport Park? I think it's more difficult than a full night race because with a full night race, you start the race in the same lighting conditions as where you end it. So when, you, when you're doing a twilight race, you start the race and it's still, you've still got a fair bit of daylight. I mean, the, the track lights weren't even on at the start of the race and then halfway through the race, the lights come on and the track is getting darker and the sky is getting dark and so your eyes have to adjust constantly when you're going from that twilight phase into the night and it's certainly a challenge I mean I started the race with the visor down and then had to bring it up midway through and um, I mean the Sydney Motorsport Park and the New South Wales government did a fantastic job with the lighting there's no no doubt about that but yeah it certainly takes a bit of adjusting to I mean the warm-up lap you can see all the flag marshal posts and by the middle of the race you can't really see them anymore so uh, I was just lucky I, I caught that flag out of the corner of my eye but hindsight I, I kind of wish I did because that's probably probably how I lost the lead and um, I mean like I might have mentioned to you before that Will will go laughing prior to bring the flag so it was just powerful but at least we hung on to second it definitely was an interesting situation, and uh, so you put you just put the changing conditions down to the fact that it was just harder to pick up those Marshall points. Yeah, look, I mean, track light light up track really well, but they just don't light up Marshall posts as well. I mean, they've got LED boards at all the Marshall points as well, but the actual flags are a lot yeah a lot harder. Well, last weekend I mentioned you were out in the rain for six hours at uh, Circuit Mark Webber running in the uh, Canberra Six Hour, and uh, I, I I must admit we did catch up, and you uh, were definitely in that drowned rat category by the end of your uh, final stint. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was a lot harder to see than the flag marshal post at South Sydney Motorsport Park. I mean. What a dreadful day weather-wise. I had a, a lot of fun with the guys. Uh, Dave Sammons invited, well, I drove with him and Craig, uh, Cameron Crick invited me along and yeah, the, the conditions were appalling and I didn't exactly have a, a go-kart wetsuit with me because I just sort of grabbed a few things out of my race bag from, from City Motorsport Park and yeah, I had a lot of fun and it's great to challenge the mind in those treacherous conditions. I only, I only beached it once, but that's I had put up a few laps down, so I apologise to the guys, but I had a lot of fun and um, hope that I can do some more racing. That was my first go-kart race in seven years, and it was great to drive on the new extended circuit 
Mark Webber track. What did you think of uh, what they've done there at Canberra with that extension? Fantastic. I mean, I remember that the short track, yeah, it was definitely too short back then. But the new circuit, yeah, really incredible. I mean, but it's, it's a much, much higher grip surface than the old, the old section of the track. And it's, it's certainly, apart from giving the track a, a longer lap time, it's quite technical in the middle there. You've got a, a very tight right-hand edge that you need to get right. And um, even though we were in the four-stroke car, the pitfalls and the two-stroke, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and really no, no rest period. You're just always, you're always turning at that track now with, with, with the extension. So um, I think they've done a great job and looking forward to hopefully they can have some, some more really big meetings there in the future. Mm. What has been interesting is it's it's about an average speed in dry conditions, about one kilometre an hour faster, yet now that the track's starting to rubber up, they're running about the same gearing as what it previously was. Oh, well, there you go. It's, yeah, like I said, I've never given, I haven't given a two-stroke on the new surface, but the four-strokes were, were quite enjoyable and, um, and probably because the, the new surface is so grippy, that's probably why they can run very similar gearing, I'd say. Now, you uh, you will be heading up to Queensland. Are you catching up with your teammate in Nick Perkett and uh, going to go for a few bike rides and maybe take his cart out whilst you're up there? Absolutely. I was just speaking to him before, actually, and uh, he said he's got the go-kart sailor with the two, two X30s up there, and I'm sure we'll try and head to the track at some point, hopefully a few times. He's got his push bike. I've got my push bike, so... Yeah, hopefully we can round up a few rides. Uh, Jack Freewalt's up there as well with Richmond, and I've spoken to him about trying to pay up some rides. So, like I said, there's gonna be, I think there's going to be plenty to do, a lot more to do, I think, than what there would be if I went back to, back to Victoria. So, just got to try and um, use up my time wisely and yeah, get as much done as I can over the next, well, over the next month or, or two months. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, like I said, if things get better in Victoria, then I can always just come home. So, but for now, I'm just going to go and enjoy, enjoy the sunshine up north. Well, Thomas, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Supercars and look forward to speaking to you again soon. No worries. Thanks again, Craig, and yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Bet Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian title since we've been back and been unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Our thanks to Thomas Randall there. As we leave you, bit of fun here. We spoke to the DJR Team Penske drivers, knowing that all the Victorian teams were heading up that way, and we asked Scott McLaughlin and Fabian Coulthard who they'd have as a border if they had to look after a few Melbourne drivers for the duration. I have Frosty. Good family man, you know. There's not many of them. Um, at all, but I, I'd, I'd, pro- I'd probably take Anton because he plays Call of Duty. Well, it works both ways. So we spoke to Jack LeBrock and Cam Waters about 
who they'd like to be billeted out to when they get up to Queensland. Oh, I've no idea, man. That's a tough question. I don't know. Who, who has the most toys up there? <laughs> it's probably Shane. Shane. Yeah, maybe Shane. I think Will has a go-kart and bike. I don't know. Probably Wilbur. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know it is. None of them. They're Queenslanders. We're, we want us Melbourne and stick together. <laughs> well, that's it for another week here on Inside Supercars. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.